We're beginning our series on how to pray the rosary, why to pray the rosary, and how to pray the rosary in Latin. And at the very beginning, we have to address the two objections that people have to the rosary. When you talk to a Protestant, sometimes even a Catholic who's well-meaning, they'll give these two objections. The first is, the rosary is vain repetition. It repeats over and over. And if you read Matthew chapter 6, verse 7, in the King James Protestant version, it says not to pray with vain repetitions. Christ is clear. It says there, apparently, we'll show it's not the case in the Greek, Christ is against vain repetition in this Protestant version of the Bible. And they'll quote that to you, Protestants will. The second objection to the rosary is that it is the worship of Mary and not the worship of Jesus. So today we're going to look at those two objections and show how those objections are actually incorrect. That if we look at sacred scripture, we look at the tradition of the Catholic Church, that the rosary is wholesome. It's good, and you should pray it. I'll follow this video up with a sequel, which will give you eight reasons to pray the rosary. But today, in this video, we're going to go with the two objections. Now, the first objection is Matthew 6, 7. The King James Version which we Catholics reject as a bad translation, reads this, the Protestant version. According to the Protestant version, Christ says, quote, but when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking, end quote. Now, if you look at the Greek, or if you look at a Catholic translation, for example, I always recommend the Dewey Rames version, which came out in 1609. The King James came out in 1611. A lot of people say Catholics weren't promoting the Bible. That's not true. The Dewey Reigns, which came out before the King James, translates it properly from the Greek. It reads, And when you are praying, speak not much as the heathens, for they think that in their much speaking they may be heard. End quote. So which is the right translation? Well, it's the latter. It's the Catholic translation. The King James translation, which says, use not vain repetition, is actually wrong. Because if we look into the original Greek version of Matthew's gospel, we find there the Greek word for what is translated by the Protestants, vain repetition, is bata loge steta. Bata loge steta. And it's actually the combination, it's a verb, of two words, batos and logos. Batos in Greek means to stammer, to use nonsense, and logos means to speak. So here it's really just over-speaking, stammering, saying a bunch of nonsense, right? And by doing that, you're going to impress God and he's going to hear you. Christ is saying that's not the case. You can't stammer and go on and on with nonsense prayers and think that that's going to impress God. That's what Christ is teaching in Matthew 6, 7. The Greek word does not mean vain repetitions. The Protestant translators are trying to attack Catholic devotion, Catholic customs, and so they translate it incorrectly. We know this, by the way, that repetition is not bad because, for example, if you go to the Old Testament, you look at Psalm 135, that's the Catholic numbering of Psalms, Psalm 135, every verse ends with his mercy endureth forever. His mercy endureth forever. Over and over, 
27 times in a row in that psalm, it says his mercy endureth forever. Over and over and over, 27 times. So, by the way, there's 27 books in the New Testament. So if repeating is contrary to the will of God, contrary to the teaching of Christ, why is the Bible itself using repetition, vain repetition, 27 times in a row? That's because repetition isn't bad, and the King James has a bad translation. We also see in the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, the Apocalypse, chapter 4, verse 8, and the four living creatures had each of them six wings, and around about them were full of eyes, and they rested not day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come, end quote. What do we see there? Angels in heaven, day and night, nonstop, presumably for eternity, are saying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. We Catholics say this in the Mass every single day. The priest leads us in saying, singing, holy, 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 with the angels. So if repetition is against Jesus, why would the angels in heaven be worshiping the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost by repeating over and over and over for eternity. We also know in the Eastern Church, the Greek Christians pray the Jesus Prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. They pray it over and over and over. They grow closer to Christ. By asking for mercy, they're just copying Psalm 135, which says his mercy endures forever. So here we can see that the accusation of vain repetition is derived from a bad translation, a Protestant translation of Matthew 6, 7. All right, so I think we've answered that one. The second objection is that the rosary is worshiping Mary or it's too focused on Mary and that we should be focusing on Jesus Christ. Now, I address this objection at length in my book, The Rosary in 50 Pages. So if you want to go deeper and get more scripture and, and a better understanding of it, Check it out there. But the short answer here on this podcast is the Blessed Virgin Mary, as the mother of Jesus, is never in competition with Jesus. She doesn't see it that way. And Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, doesn't see Mary, his mother, in competition with him. We know Jesus Christ incarnate with his body, his blood, his soul, divinity. We know him on this earth because he entered into time and space. How? On a spaceship? Being zoomed down? No. He entered into time and space. He came to earth through a woman, through a virgin, his mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary. She is the predestined means by which the second person of the Trinity, the Logos, comes to us. And he redeems us with his body on the cross and his blood pouring down. Where did the second person of the Trinity get his body and get his blood? He got it from the Virgin Mary. He could have just descended from heaven with a body and with blood, ready to redeem us. But he derived it, he chose to derive it from a virgin mother, his mother. We Catholics honor this by calling her the Theotokos, the bearer of God. And we emphasize... Luke chapter 1, verse 46. This is the Magnificat. And in this verse, which is inspired by the Holy Ghost, it reads, quote, And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, 
end quote. Mary's soul, we believe she received at the very first moment of her conception, sanctification, justification. In that very first moment, she was united with the Holy Ghost from the very first moment of her conception in her mother's womb. Her mother was St. Anne. And because of that, her soul magnifies the Lord. We all say it's hard to see God. It's you know hard to see God in our lives. It's hard to know God is there. We don't see him. Mary says her soul magnifies the Lord. So Mary is the magnifying glass to see God. Do you want to see Christ? She is the magnifier. It's in the Bible. I'm not making this up. It's right there. Her soul magnifies the Lord. So if we're going to spend time in prayer, 20 minutes to pray the rosary, praying is hard. Praying for 20 minutes is very difficult, as we'll talk about in the next video. We need someone to help us. Who helps us? Who teaches us the rudiments of how to speak, how to read, how to write, how to eat? It's our mother. And that's also how it is in the spiritual life. When Jesus is on the cross dying for you and for me, he says, behold your mother. He said that to St. John the Apostle, but by extension, he says it to all of us. Behold your mother. She will teach you. And her soul magnifies the Lord. That's just in the Bible, and you have to accept it. So when we Catholics talk about Mary, we're not worshiping Mary. We don't adore Mary. We only worship and adore with what we call in Greek latria, which is divine worship. Only the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit get latria. But dulia, which is respect, veneration, uh, we give to our parents. We might give it to civil leaders like kings, uh, to our flag, but to the saints, to holy items in the church, to churches themselves, we give this veneration. But to Mary, we don't give her latria, the divine worship, but we give her the greatest form of respect and veneration, dulia. We, theologians call it hyperdulia, the greatest respect, the greatest veneration. And why? It's because of the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments say, honor your father and your mother. Did Jesus Christ perfectly fulfill the Ten Commandments? Yes, he did. Did he honor his father, God the Father, perfectly his whole life? You better believe he did, even to death on a cross. But did Jesus perfectly honor his mother in fulfillment of the Ten Commandments. Yes, Christ our Lord also perfectly honored his mother. And if he perfectly honored his mother and we are his disciples, we are called also to honor his mother. And she responds to us by saying, as she said at the wedding at Cana, do whatever he tells you to do. My soul magnifies the Lord. I will allow your eyes to see Jesus more clearly. So is the rosary condemned because of vain repetition? No. That's a Protestant error from the King James Bible, Matthew 6-7. Is the rosary worship of Mary to the exclusion of Jesus? Absolutely not. Look at the prayers. The Our Father, which Jesus taught us. The Hail Mary, which comes from Luke's gospel and says, Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, right at the middle of every Hail Mary.
Every decade ends with glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. There's also the extra Fatima prayer. Oh my Jesus, forgive us our sins. There's the Apostle Creed, which confesses the entire life of Christ in the three persons of the Trinity. The rosary is Christocentric. It's centered on Christ. And I would add the rosary is Christotelic. It leads us to Christ. Okay, so the next video, I'm going to give you eight reasons why you should be praying the rosary every single day. And then we're going to, going to get into the different prayers of the rosary and look at them in Latin and how to learn them in Latin. And then we'll start praying the rosary in Latin. Of course, you can pray it in your own vernacular too, but this uh, we're kind of moving towards our goal here of also learning it in Latin so we can pray it together on a pilgrimage to Rome with Polish Catholics and Vietnamese Catholics and Spanish Catholics and English Catholics and Italian Catholics, Nigerian Catholics, all together using the language of the church, Latin, which is on the cross of Jesus when he died for us. We'll have another video on why Latin as well. So thanks so much for watching. And remember, our Lord Jesus Christ says, you're the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless. I'll see you in the next video. Thank you so much for watching this video. If you'd like to learn more about the rosary, I have a whole playlist on the theology of the rosary, why pray the rosary, also how to pray the rosary in English, how to pray the rosary in Latin. So click on that rosary playlist on the right side of the screen. And before you do, please subscribe to this channel. I'd appreciate it. Thank you. God bless.